On today's episode, Q&A number three, warm-up, stretching and recovery tips. Welcome to the Run Smarter podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger and smarter runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I'm the guy to reach out to when you've finally decided enough is enough with your persistent running injuries. I'm a physiotherapist, the owner of the Breakthrough Running Clinic and your podcast host. I'm excited to bring you today's lesson and to add to your ever-growing running knowledge. Let's work together to overcome your running injuries, getting you to that starting line and finishing strong. So let's take it away. get started Q&A number three. These Q&A episodes, if you're not familiar, I ask some general topic to my Patreon supporters and also those who are attending the Run Smarter online course and just have uh, either just a post being about what is some injury questions you might have or, well, this t- well today is going to be what are some warm-up and uh, recovery questions that you might have and I put together an episode, um, grab all the questions that people have asked and yeah, pretty much put a a podcast out there just to try and help serve my Patreons and serve those who are doing the paid courses, but also serving you guys as well, because if they have those questions, you probably have the same questions. And so um, it would be my honor to answer uh, what you guys are thinking and just try and create some clarity. So today we're going to be doing... um, mostly talking about warm-up stretches and recovery tips and I might be coming across as quite harsh on stretches. Um, I I should probably say this to start with, I do enjoy stretching. I love stretches, but um, some of the comments I make are quite harsh towards it because um, there's not a lot of evidence uh, around the benefits of stretching and I know people on um Social media are like, this will help you. Um, you need to stretch. You get injured because you need to stretch more. And a lot of people, they tell themselves, oh, I'm always getting injured. Yes, I know I should stretch more. So let's uh, clear the air a little bit. Before we get started, um, I'll just remind you guys to go back to season one and have a listen to the first 10 episodes if you haven't already. Uh, it was designed to create some foundation principles that every runner should know and it's really um, jam-packed full of value that you need for any running situation moving forward and when the first when the podcast first started coming out for the first couple of months everyone was going back to episode one and listening through I was having maybe two or three hundred um, listeners who were keeping up to date with every episode. And then I'd go back to episode one, two, and three and see that there was 200 downloads. So everyone that was listening throughout was going back to episode one and starting it all over again. But now I feel like um, as the podcast has grown immensely and there's a lot of episodes out there, people are not too sure where to start. And I'm getting um, quite a lot of downloads in my most recent uh, released episodes. But... um, it's falling behind those that are on season one. So it's only 10 episodes. They're very quick and they're universal principles to overcome any running injury. So if you've jumped on board to the podcast in the last couple of months and haven't gone back to those first 10 episodes, highly recommended. Um, Next week, I'll be having Simon Bartold, who is a world-renowned 
podcast, uh, podiatrist, not podcast, a podiatrist on, uh, and we're going to talk about shoes and talk about carbon plate fiber shoes. And we're going to talk about the benefits and performance and all that sort of stuff. Really excited to have him on. It's almost turned into a little bit of a shoe month <laughs> uh, with JF and then with Matt last week and then with Simon next week. Um, yeah, I hope you guys are really enjoying it. The downloads are reflecting that. So um, we'll finish off with a bang with Simon because he is a wealth of knowledge. And like I said, he really is world-class. He goes to all the best. Uh, he's a guest speaker at, at all the best conferences. And yeah, let's um, get excited for him. So let's. Um, thanks to everyone who has submitted their questions. I kind of structured them in a way I know some people asked more than one question. I was happy to let that slide because it seems to fit really well with the topic. Um, so your one of your questions might get answered to start with and then second answer might be answered later on. It's just going to help with the flow of the podcast. So uh, first, Gabby, her first question was, what do you recommend... A, do you recommend a different amount of time for stretching and recovery depending on the length and intensity of the run? And so let's start straight off the bat by saying that when it comes to stretches, particularly static stretches for runners, it doesn't do anything for performance. It won't increase your performance. It doesn't do anything for injury prevention, and it doesn't do anything for recovery, like muscle soreness type of recovery, um, especially for recreational runners, especially for endurance runners. So uh, I shouldn't be so harsh in saying that, but that's what the evidence shows. Maybe down the track, the evidence might start to reflect differently, but this is what our current knowledge is. Uh, so let's start off with that. Uh, I would recommend stretching for, there's a very small percentage of people who are very rigid and very stiff. And if they don't stretch, it actually affects their biomechanics. And um, so those who are affected by that level of stiffness, like I said, there's a very small percentage out there. Um, they can benefit from static stretches beforehand. But I, I think that most of these people are mainly trying to get more movement through their joints. It's not necessarily tight muscles or ligaments. It's mainly just stiffness in say the ankles or the hips or the lower back, um, those sort of joints. And st the stretches are more um, dynamic if the stretches are more just aiding the, the lubrication or movement of the joints themselves. Sometimes that can help. Uh, okay, the amount of time that you should stretch. Uh, going back to Gabby's question, uh, it's going to depend on what feels best for you. So you can try stretching for 10 seconds. You can try stretching for 30 seconds. You can try doing a five-minute stretch routine. And then every time you do that, go out for a run and see how you feel. See if you feel any different. Um, stretching does make most people feel good. So that's why I still recommend it. Do what feels good. Uh, if it's a 30-second uh, routine that makes you feel good out the door, um, if you compare that to say a five minute routine and you're at the door and you're feeling the exact same, I would probably stick to the 30 second stretch routine. Um, but does it depend on the length of running? No, it wouldn't. It's kind of irrelevant. Uh, depending on the intensity of the run, which I think I'll delve into a little bit later in this episode, um, your recovery would definitely depend on the intensity, but that's not to say the recovery is consistent of static stretches. 
So we'll um, delve into that a little bit later. Matt asks, I understand stretching isn't really playing a part in injury prevention. So what are the best stretches for runners and what are we achieving with stretches? So that's a good follow-up question after we've just discussed that. So first of all, what is it achieving? First of all, static stretching is not achieving a whole lot. This is only speaking for recreational runners or like endurance runners um, or just I think sprinting in general. Um, The... (laughs) different scenarios I can think of. Like when I very first started going to the gym and doing CrossFit exercises, uh, I was starting to get shoulder pain. And turns out that when I was getting the bar in the front of my shoulders and trying to hold the bar in like a clean position, my shoulders weren't used to being in that position. I was starting to get shoulder pain and realized that I needed to do a lot of stretches for my shoulder to help with that mobility And once it took me a a month or two of just doing a lot of stretches, but realized that if I did a really nice stretch routine for my shoulder before doing that kind of clean movement, my shoulder felt better. And then over time, my shoulder uh, started to adapt and started to get that mobility, get that range. So then the stretches were less and less required. So that's a scenario where stretching is required. I think for ballet dancers, gymnasts, everything that requires like an end of range kind of movement, they do require stretching as well. But for runners, we don't go through a wide range of movement. We don't take our joints to the end of range in most cases. Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five-day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign-up link is in the show notes, so fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. So we don't really, it's not very necessary for us. Um, Following back to your question, what are the best stretches? Uh, The ones that feel best for you but I do have a couple of favorites. I like to do a light calf stretch before a run, and that would be with a straight leg and a bent leg. So I try and push over the wall like that and bring the heel down to the ground, that kind of exercise. And I would do it with a straight leg and then I'd do it with a bent leg um, and kind of just bounce back and forth between the two just in a light um, intensity. I do some hip extension, especially if I'm trying to do some faster runs. I feel a bit more freed up. I feel a bit better after doing that. Um, so hip extension is kind of like that lunge position. You kind of lunge the hips forward. A glute stretch. Sometimes if my glutes uh, feel a little bit tight, I'll stretch those for 10, 15 seconds before a run. Do love a good hamstring stretch as well. Most people know how to do a good hamstring stretch. But like I said, it, you, you do what feels natural for you. You feel you do what feels right and what feels the best. Personally, if I am battling like a sort of injury, I'd prioritize like isometrics or pre-activation stuff before a run rather than actual static stretches. Uh, that has been very immensely beneficial for me in the past. And you could probably tell if you've listened to my journey of overcoming six years of tendinopathy, Uh, I heavily relied on isometrics to overcome that injury. And the last piece of that question was, uh, is it achieving performance? 
what so what is stretches actually achieving when it comes to performance uh there was a study that looked at a 3k time trialist and was studying if static stretches would help for performance so they um, got a bunch of people to stretch do some static stretches beforehand it was intense it was like um I think three lots of 30 second holds for each muscle group. And so they're doing 90 second static stretches for each muscle group. And then um, went for a 3K time trial against themselves, against other people that didn't stretch, et cetera, et cetera. And the data showed that those who do static stretches actually start out slower. They kind of have this slower paced strategy. Um, and overall performance was about the same. Um, but yeah, uh, they did notice that there was a very slow start for those who um, stretched beforehand. So I hope that answers your question. When it comes to longer distance, like um, beyond 5K, 10K, half marathons, that sort of thing, it doesn't help with performance. Uh, so Mark asked a question. I was always told that it's bad to stretch a cold muscle. Is it true and does it make a difference if it is more valuable to stretch before or after training slash racing. So we're answering a couple of things here. Um, is it bad to stretch a cold muscle? Um, not that I have heard of. Most, like your muscles are very, very robust. You, I think the theory being like if your muscles are cold and then you try and stretch them, there's an increased likelihood of a strain or a tear. I think that... Um, is a misconception that kind of makes sense in people's minds, but your muscles are very resilient. Your muscles are very robust. You're not going to tear them if you do some stretches, if they're cold. Um, it'd be very, very, very hard to do. Your muscles actually have uh, certain receptors in them called um, Golgi, Golgi receptors, and they pretty much start activating once the muscle is put under too much strain, and it's kind of like a protective proprioceptive mechanism that muscles have and so you wouldn't be stretching you wouldn't be stretching too vigorous anyway like the amount that it takes to tear a muscle you wouldn't be doing that amount of loading and that amount of force uh anyway so i'd say it's it's wouldn't be um it wouldn't be detrimental if you start stretching a cold muscle uh is there is there more value to stretch before or after running slash training? Um, value before or after is about the same. It, it Like I said, it depends how you feel. If I was to start running and um, do some stretches afterwards, I'd feel a bit better, especially when I first started running. I've told this story countless times before, but when I very first started running, my calves were so stiff and so sore. Um, I would definitely do a lot of stretches afterwards just because it'd make me feel a little bit better, even if it's just for a couple of minutes. I know in my mind it doesn't do anything for general recovery, but it made me feel better. And so um, that's what I would do. But it just depends. Like after, um, like now I don't even feel the need to stretch my calves after a run just because they've adapted to what I'm putting them through. So um, that's a bit of a change that's gone throughout my running career. After a long run, I like to try and circulate lactic acid, particularly if my legs feel quite heavy. So what I do is I do what we call, well, what I call upside down bicycles. And it's kind of like a you lie on your back and then you do... Um, whatever that maneuver is where you bring your feet up towards the ceiling and then you tuck your hands under your hips so that your 
you're almost doing you're almost upside down and your feet are all the way up towards the ceiling and then you just start spinning the legs um, like in a bicycle action and I've found that I feel better after that my legs feel lighter just because you're circulating that lactic acid back towards the heart and pumping it around the body um, so that's a good recovery tip that I like to use but I only do it for very long runs and after like maybe an intense race um, so find what works for you. Maybe do some isometrics as well. If you're dealing with a tendinopathy, that might be a nice recovery strategy as a, um, uh, straight after a run, if you're trying to manage that. So hopefully that helps. Dave asks, uh, what are the pros and cons for stretching for plantar fasciitis? Um, my overall answer is yes. Stretching for plantar fasciitis works for some, but not for everyone. And you pretty much just need to do a trial and error to see if it is beneficial for you. It might be a short-term benefit. It might be um, a longer-term benefit. Trial and error. You want to make sure that if you do stretch it, it's not too vigorous. Um, The plantar fascia can tend to act like a tendinopathy at times. And if you're compressing it way too much, then uh, it will start to become more irritated. But it does work well for some. Some calf stretches work well for plantar fasciitis as well. My scientific answer is that there are some really nice studies done where they have a group of plantar fasciitis people, they put one uh, into a stretch group, they put one into a strength-loaded type of group, and the strength-loaded group outperformed the stretch group. Uh, They didn't combine the two, but the stretch group um, always would uh, not perform or not recover as well as the um, loading group. So that's something that you should probably know. Uh, What they did was load the plantar fascia with calf raises. They did it quite heavy, quite slow, but heavy um, in a toe extension. So they actually did it, their calf raises with their toes extended on a towel. And yeah, so that's my answer when it comes to plantar fasciitis. Matt again asks, what are your recommendations for warm-ups? I've always been one to just start running at a slower pace, which is my warm-up. So what are some ideal warm-up routines? So when it comes to warming up, when it comes to a warm-up strategy, what you're trying to do is prepare the body for what you want it to do throughout the workout. So when it comes to doing gym, when it comes to doing maybe a, a bike session, a sprint session, a time trial, whatever it You need to prepare the body for what it's about to do and you need to try and realize what that is. So in most cases for a recreational runner who's going out for a 5k jog, you don't need to prepare the body for much. All you need to do is probably just warm it up, maybe just get the heart rate going um, and then go into it. Sometimes people like just starting out slow and then doing, uh, and then just increasing their speed, like Matt says that he does. Sometimes that could be uh, completely fine if that's all you want the body to do. And so I would start with maybe just a slower 500 meters, then maybe slightly faster until it gets to 1K, and then you're into your your normal stride, just doing your your easy run. That's pretty much all that needs to be done. Um, if I were to um, say do a time trial or like a really fast race, I'd want to prepare the body more. So I would do like uh, 500 meter jogs and then just 100 meter something and then just slowly increasing the intensity of that and until I get up to a sprint and then I'd do my time trial. Um, 
by that stage, by the start of my time trial, my body's feeling quite warm. I might be having like a light sweat, my heart rate's going. Um, and that's when I know that, but I still feel good. I still feel ready. I still feel um, like I'm just starting. That's a pretty good um, starting point for me to be in if I'm really testing my body. You can also do some like running drills or dynamic stretches um, that can can help. But like I said, it depends what you're preparing your body for. If you're sprinting, you tend to bring your ankles and your hips through more range of movement. So be cautious of that. Um, and prepare the body for that. So that's when some dynamic stretching can come into it as well. Um, but Matt, like I said, sometimes just warming up, starting at a slower pace, and then just working your way into it's all that's needed. Mark, so for endurance athletes like ultras and Ironmans, do you recommend anything different regarding a warm-up, regarding hydration, fueling, stretching, and recovery? So when we're talking about these ultra endurance athletes, do we need to do anything different? Um, like I said, we need to prepare the body for what it's going to be put through. So when it comes to a warm up, you don't really need to do anything different. Um, as long as you feel ready, do what feels best for you. If you want to do some static stretches, dynamic stretches, if you just want to start with a slow pace and work your way in, that's up to you. That's up to the individual to know and trial and see what feels best for them. When it comes to hydration and fueling, absolutely, it's uh, it needs to be treated differently. Uh, you need to replace or try to replace what you're losing. And when it comes to these ultras, um, you are losing a lot of fluid. You are losing a lot of salt within that fluid, uh, within your sweat. Um, you're using up a lot of calories, and so that needs to be replaced. How we do that is probably outside the scope of this episode. I do have some nutrition episodes um, previously, but uh, yeah, it, it absolutely needs to be different for endurance athletes. When it comes to recovery, uh, definitely, I'd say they need to be treated differently. Recognize the importance of sleep and nutrition and a well-designed training program when it comes to these ultra people, especially if they want to try and perform at 100%. I had Amy Bender, who was a sleep expert, like early days of the podcast. And she said something to the effect of, if you need to train hard, you need to sleep hard. So you need to really, the harder you work and the longer you work, uh, the more endurance you want to go, you need to start prioritizing more and more recovery. Otherwise, the, the tipping point is going to lead to an injury. And so you're putting your body through a lot. You need to be kind to your body as well. You really, really need to enhance your sleep. She was actually at the time when I was recording my interview with Amy, um, she was hired by an endurance athlete who was going to run across America. And that individual runner um, hired her to be like a sleep coach because he recognized the importance of sleep and recovery when it came to putting his body through such a intense, um, grueling task. So yeah, that was really interesting. Um, post-race recovery regarding stretching, um, not really do what feels best for you. Uh, I like to keep moving if it's a endurance event, there's going to be a lot of lactic acid buildup, a lot of like byproducts that build up in the muscle. So circulation is quite nice. So 
either a light walk or just trying to move around upside down bicycles, you know, um, go for a bike ride if you want. Just do something really, really light, but something that's keeping you moving. And uh, that can help circulate a lot of the lactic acid and um, byproducts that have built up. So when it comes to endurance athletes, I think that's answered most things regarding warm up, hydration, fueling, stretching, recovery, that kind of thing. Before we finish up today's episode, I might add as well that foam rolling, trigger point release, all those kind of massage guns, devices, or um, all of those, they're in the similar category as stretching. doesn't do anything for performance, injury prevention, or recovery. Um, if it feels good, do it. That's the, the take-home message. And so all of those uh, devices, uh, they go into that same category. So a bit of a recap, one, stretches, they don't do, well, the evidence shows it doesn't do much for injury prevention, performance, or recovery, but do what feels right for you. Like I said, I'm a fan of stretches, um, but we can't mislead ourselves or we can't fool ourselves into the benefits that it actually has because that's not helping, it's not serving us, and it's not serving runners, the running collective, if people are just... Um, being massive advocates, this will work for you. This will help your injury. This will help injury prevention if you do this. Um, so do what feels good. Don't fool ourselves. Uh, number three, if we're doing an intense run or an intense session, make sure we prepare the body for that. If And lastly, if we are pushing ourselves, if we're really working hard, if we're doing high mileage, make sure that our recovery needs to be high on our priority list. And that's working around sleep, that's working around stress, that's working around nutrition. Plenty of episodes that I've done prior to um, help you with that, especially those uh, 10 principles at the first at the start of the podcast. So if you haven't, have a listen to season one. Um, and then work your way through uh, the first foundation sort of episodes as well, if you'd like. There's tons around um, tendinopathy and strengthening, that kind of stuff. These are real good foundation principles that any runner needs to know. Uh, so that's it for today, guys. Um, look forward to uh, hearing from Simon Barthold next week around shoes and performance and that kind of thing. Uh, hope you enjoyed today. Hopefully you got a lot of benefit out of it. This is a massive misconception a lot of the times that needs to get out there. So I'm happy to uh, answer all these questions and uh, record this episode. Hope you enjoy. Uh, enjoy your running day today. And for now, take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Running Smarter Podcast. I hope you can see the impact this content will have on your future running. If you want to continue expanding your knowledge, please subscribe to the podcast and keep listening. If you want to learn quicker, jump into the Facebook group titled Become a Smarter Runner. If you want tailored education and physio rehab, you can personally work with me at breakthroughrunning.physio. Thank you so much once again, and remember, knowledge is power.